Hello, and welcome to Moving Markets by Julius Baer. Please listen to the important legal information at the end of this podcast. Good morning. My name is Bernadette Anderko, and I'm one of the investment writers at Julius Baer in Zurich. I'm going to provide an overview of the recent market activity. In the US, the S&P 500 index was down 0.2% to hit a new 2022 low. Outperformers, though, were energy, consumer discretionary, materials and technology. The Dow Jones was also off 0.4% to 29,134.99, but the Nasdaq 100 closed up a quarter of a percent. Shares in Asia-Pacific traded down with Japan's Nikkei 225 off 2.06%, while the Topics Index slipped 1.57%. Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index fell by 2.3% and is now at a decade low. In mainland China, the Shanghai Composite was three quarters of a percent lower and the Shenzhen component fell more than 1.46%. US Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen suggested yesterday that there is little cause for concern with current moves in financial markets. During a visit to North Carolina, she told reporters that she thinks the markets are functioning well. Yes, the overall environment is one of high inflation in many advanced economies, but central banks are addressing it in almost all countries, other than China, but they're just operating at different speeds and different paces. Later, the White House National Economic Council Director, Brian Dees, said that he does not expect another 1985-type agreement among major economies to counter the dollar's strength. Naturally, the dollar strengthened further on the back of this. Both the offshore and onshore yuan fell to the weakest level against the dollar since the global financial crisis in 2008, amidst both the dollar's continued rise and speculation that China is toning down its support for the local currency. The dollar's rally brought further losses to the pound and the euro. The Indian rupee also marked a record low. The yen remained near the key 145 mark versus the dollar and within sight of levels that have drawn intervention from Japan. In the bond markets, Treasury 10-year yields rose as much as six basis points to 4% yesterday, their steepest monthly increase in almost 20 years, whilst US two-year yields remained steady at 4.28%. This is in the same week as the UK's long-term borrowing costs went above 5% for the first time in the same period. In the commodity space, oil retreated as further gains in the dollar and figures pointing to higher US stockpiles countered speculation that OPEC Plus will cut output. European gas prices rose, whilst worries about slowing global growth weighed on other raw materials. Bitcoin is trading at around $18,800 this morning. Following on from the Nord Stream gas leaks into the Baltic Sea, both Denmark's Prime Minister Mette Frederiksen and the European Commission's President Ursula von der Leyen have claimed that the leaks are an act of sabotage. On Twitter, von der Leyen said, Any deliberate disruption of active European energy infrastructure is unacceptable and will lead to the strongest possible response. Meanwhile, the IMF criticised the UK's planned tax cuts, calling them excessive and in need of revision. The IMF said that the new Chancellor, Kwasi Kwarteng, should use a plan scheduled for release in November to consider ways to provide support that is more targeted and to re-evaluate the tax measures, especially those that benefit high-income earners. Staying in the UK, inflation has hit a new high coming in at 5.7% in September, topping the previous 5.1% record increase in August. Discount supermarket Aldi said this week that the growing cost of living crisis means that more British customers are now visiting the grocery chain as their first and only supermarket. 
The European future screens are mainly in the red this morning, though I do note that the Swiss market seems set to open higher, so there is one ray of hope. That's it for the markets wrap. Now I'm pleased to hand over to Marcus Allensbach, Head of Fixed Income Research, to give us some insight into the bond markets with a focus on Switzerland. Yes, thank you, Bernadette. Let me start with a general remark that we have experienced a period of irrational exuberance on bond yields. Look at the US Treasury. Normally, Treasury yields should trade where Fed funds are two to three years down the road. Currently, we are looking at Fed funds two to three months only. Remember, the Federal Reserve told us that end of 2025, they expect the Fed funds to be at two and seven, eight percent. So let's hope there is some common sense returning to the market. Also, bonds are generally weakening in sympathy with the UK, where we had the so-called mini budget. But the maximum growth at all cost strategy of the new British government is really unique. Look again at the US. We need a stopgap bill, a temporary budget by Friday evening to avoid a government shutdown on Saturday. That's not an environment of fiscal stimulus. So there is no need that government bonds around the globe are rising in sympathy with the UK driven by this fiscal package. Germany, France, they all are working on emergency budgets, but that that's only to dampen the negative effect of higher energy costs, not to stimulate growth. So there is some hope. I'm going to holidays for two weeks. Hopefully the markets have normalized when I'm come back. Let's turn to the Swiss bond market now. The Swiss National Bank has made this pivot in June. Before that, the Swiss National Bank was capping Swiss franc strength. In June, they turned around and said from now on, they're using the waste FX reserves to fight against any unwarranted Swiss franc weakness. We see the result on the currency market. The Swiss franc was trading against the euro at 1.04. At the time of the meeting, it's now trading at 0.95. Quite a success for the Swiss National Bank. Of course, the Swiss National Bank doesn't want to overdo it. How they limit the Swiss franc strength? Just look how they raise interest rates. For domestic banks, they get 0.5% interest rates up to 28 times their minimum required deposits, the remuneration threshold. Foreign central banks don't get any interest on the deposits. With that, of course, the Swiss National Bank wants to temper the attractiveness of the Swiss franc. As a result, we see the actual deposit rate trading below the 0.5 mark. And actually, Switzerland is the only market where futures went down after the central bank meeting, not up. Now looking at the long end, for quite some time it was very disappointing for a Swiss franc bond analyst. Bond yields traded above the German Bund yields, despite our fundamental strength. The reason was the ECB was buying German Bunds, the Swiss National Bank not buying Swiss government bonds. That has reversed now. Since we are a safe haven again, we trade with a discount to the German Bunds. So the yields are currently 77 basis points lower in the 10-year segment than the German Bunds. And given the fundamental strength, that spread should widen. We have a towering current account surplus. We have super solid state finances, almost no government debt. 
we have lower inflation rate. If anything, I expect that spread to widen, so that means the Swiss bond market will outperform its peers going forward. That's all from my side. Back to you, Bernadette. I'm not sure we can let you go on holiday with so much happening, Marcus, but meanwhile, thank you as always for your wise words and insights. That concludes today's podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. We do hope you'll join us for the next instalment. Good luck today and goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information.